You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. But first, we have an interview that we're going to kick off the show with. Again, my name is Mike Crawford. This is The Young Jerks. Uh, We got Mara Dolan running for governor's council. She's going to come up on the show. We're going to interview her in just like a few seconds. She's, She's waiting for us patiently. Uh, but I did want to let everyone know that we're definitely going to be covering some other topics. We're going to hit a quick interview uh, with Mara Dolan about Governor's Council, local politics, local campaigns. And then we're going to get right into the Patriot front, the Nazis coming to Boston, their little hate cults. We're going to play some audio and video from them tonight. Very interesting. Very interesting. A lot of interesting things happening in America. We we will be talking about some of those things. Stick around. Post your comments like you always do. Uh, We got a lot more coming with the Young Jerks. I'm really happy about the show. Uh, Let's bring up the guest, Mara Dolan, who who was just, I just, I'm sorry. I ambushed you. I didn't mean to do that to you. You were fixing your hair. And and that's the moment I put you up. I'm sorry. It's never actually dried today, but that's all good. It's all good. I'm just too busy on the campaign trail, seriously, which is great. This is a tough hair day today, actually. I was outside. That's true. That's true. true. It was very humid and rainy and on and off. I didn't even get a good introduction to you. I definitely should uh, have known you for a while. Uh, you're you're somebody that we often see on local television. Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? Channel 10? Is it? No, our New England cable Yeah, NBC news. Boston, NECN. Yeah. I've done Channel 5, WGBH. Yeah, yep. WGBH is another one. Mm-hmm. So yep. you're, you're a local media uh, person mm-hmm. that often talks about politics. You also mm-hmm. have a uh, political action committee that you've worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you've run for office before, but you, the big thing for us is that you're a friend of the show. You, you're a Thank friend of mine. You. Thank you. We, yes. We really like you. We've always liked you from the moment I like we you met too. Because you. you're real. Show. You're really like you, you play between two worlds, which I like. You you get things done. Um, you know, I want to thank you right off the top of the bat, Mar Dolan, for the Ed Markey interview. The Senator oh. Ed Markey came on the show and that it was, was started through you. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. You get things yeah. done. Uh, you helped the young jerks by getting us uh, Senator Ed Markey on here. And that was a great interview. Well, he it, really it wanted re- to go on. So yeah, it got reported it nationally. Yeah. 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 And I think he, I think it helped him too. And uh, I think, you know, so you're smart. That's what I like about you. You, you, you know, from the moment I met you, you, you got what we're doing. Um, but you're also someone who's a mover and shaker in, in local politics and, the big thing that you know we we like most about you is the work that you've done uh, you. in your career Thank as you. a public defender. You you've yeah. defended uh, working class people, people who yeah. are destitute, yep, and families yep. and in local courts for how many years now? Fifteen years. Yeah, I mean I've done a lot of political work, but I've been a public defender for fifteen years. I've worked in the superior courts, the district courts, and the juvenile courts in Lawrence, in Worcester, in Springfield. And I really have a very thorough understanding of the issues that we're facing in the court system. And that's why I'm running for governor's council. That, and we need, we need I was so back. excited when, when I found out that you were running for, for a governor's council, because I know how important it is with, with what we've seen with the local judges, the way that they act and the yeah, way that they get let appointed. Just, let me just quickly tell folks, um, if you don't know what the governor's council does, don't worry. A lot of folks don't. A lot of folks do, but a lot of folks don't. And I'll, it's very simple. They pick our judges. 
it's the governor's council that decides who our judges are going to be. They also choose our parole board members and who gets a commutation or a pardon. So in Massachusetts, we don't elect our judges, but we do elect the people who choose them. And you have a say through your governor's counselor in who saying who determining who our judges are. It's extremely important. And most of the judges, for people that don't know, especially with Charlie Baker having been in there for eight years, mm-hmm. mostly white, rich men who are either law enforcement or have like corporate backgrounds. It's not uh, generally public defenders or people who are, you know, representing the smaller folks. It's it's generally people yeah. who want to, you know, yeah. block and people away, throw the. We've key never out. had we've never had a public defender on the governor's council before, so I do think it's it's we're long past the time when we should have had that critical perspective. I'm thrilled that Katanji Brown Jackson is on the Supreme Court. We've got a former public defender on the Supreme Court. We need more public defenders to be judges. And in fact, when Senator Mike Barrett endorsed me, um, he said that our judiciary is loaded with former prosecutors and we need balance. And it's absolutely we sure do. We do. I, I mean, we've even seen police on there, too. Like, you know, I think there's even like some state police that are judges. It's like. Mm-hmm. Like it's, 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 but mostly, like you said, prosecutors, people who have done a career of putting people in jail. Now they're a judge. Which side do you think they're going to be on? Well, the (laughs) the thing is, I mean, I get, I mean, I work with a lot of prosecutors who I don't, you know, who would be wonderful judges. I'm not anti-prosecutor, but the fact is if you're a defense attorney, your training is to question things in ways that prosecutors are never trained to do. And the other really important piece of this is that prosecutors don't have the kinds of conversations that defense attorneys do with their clients. So no one who has only worked as a prosecutor understands the population that goes into our courts. A, a public defender does. I talk to people who, you know, who don't have money. My clients are not the elites. They don't have money, they don't have connections. What they have on their side is the rule of law. And so we've got to have public defenders and people with that perspective on the governor's counselor, on the governor's council to help us decide our judges, our parole board members, and who gets a commutation or a pardon. And it's that perspective. Again, I would I would one hundred percent agree with you. I'm not anti prosecutor. No, I know. I'm sure there's some great prosecutors that are, yep. are that are judges, but yep. when the majority of them that have been appointed are just one thing, that's not representing. No. And what that means is they are judging people without ever having had conversations with the kinds of people they're judging. So they really can't judge the whole person and they may make assumptions that simply aren't correct. Now, you mentioned uh, one of the endorsements that you got. Mm -hmm. I I know you've had other endorsements. Senator Brownsberger recently. Yes. Will Brownsberger was the judiciary chair in the Senate when Massachusetts passed our landmark criminal justice reform bill in 2018, and that included reforms to minimum mandatory sentencing, uh, uh, probation, juvenile justice, solitary confinement. So I see the impact of that work in our court system every day. So I was really honored to have Senator Brownsberger's endorsement. What do you have other, I'm sure you have. Oh, sure. Senator Cindy Friedman has endorsed me. Tom, Representative Tom Stanley of Waltham has endorsed me. Representative Ken Gordon, he's up in Bedford. Representative Michelle Socolo in Lexington. I've got a number of union endorsements. I have the IBEW Local 103, the Merrimack Valley Central Labor Council, uh, the Longshoremen. And I've got some I'm really excited about that I can't announce just yet, but I will soon. Excellent. Sounds great. Um, 
How can people help your campaign right now? They can go to maradolan.com. And I want folks to know I'm running in District 3, and it's huge. Governor's council districts are larger than congressional districts. It's the equivalent of five state Senate seats. So the district includes parts of Boston. It's Fenway, the South End, Back Bay, Longwood, um, Beacon Hill, parts of Cambridge, all of Arlington, Newton, Brookline, Waltham, Weston, Watertown. Those are just the W's. It goes all the way up to Burlington up north to Burlington and then west all the way to Marlboro. So Acton, Littleton, Ayer, Stowe, all those towns out there, my own town of Concord, Lincoln, Lexington, all the towns around here. It's huge. It's, it's just a huge, huge. district. It's a big district. Oh, it's thank you. I see cover. you put my website up there. Thank you so much. Yes. The primary is September 6th. Thank you, Facebook user. You're right. Yes, we, we, we've got some comments we're putting up. I'll read them Thank off. Thank you. And I'm the listening. only person challenging an incumbent governor's counselor in the primary. The only one. So this is a big race. It is a big race. And also, I think because of the Supreme Court and the terrible decisions that they've just made, people are very aware of the importance of judges and they understand that our judges have the power to uphold our rights or to deny them. And so when you tell people what the governor's council does, nobody says, oh, everybody says, whoa, that's really important. And it is. It is. Uh, the Facebook user wrote, we do need new blood in the governor's council. So people are uh, maybe getting the message. Yeah. I, I will note that it came up with a lot of the protests that happened in Boston, oh. where a lot of the protesters were brought before a very problematic judge who had mm -hmm. his own issues with a firearm, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. Very interesting character, that guy, mm -hmm. uh, in the Boston Municipal Court. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at, you know, who's been appointing all these right-wing crazy judges in massachusetts and it was governor baker so we definitely need uh you know something different at the governor's council we do um, and i'm i'm very optimistic about the nominations that that hopefully governor uh healy would make but if you want to support maura healy we need to make sure that she's working with the best team so i would ask folks to also make sure that they are taking a careful look at the governor's council and making sure that we elect the best people. So if you're in District 3, your vote is really important on September 6th. And I also want to make another point about um, Roe versus Wade, which is a really stunning statistic about Massachusetts. As many folks know, our law says if you're 15 or younger and you want an abortion, you have to have the consent of a parent or an adult guardian. If you can't get that, you can go before a superior court judge and get an authorization. In Massachusetts, it is one out of every four minors who goes before a superior court judge. So we've got to make sure that our judges are 100% pro-choice. And I will not vote yes for any nominee unless I'm absolutely certain that they are pro-choice. Good example. Mm. You know, we, we haven't done a live we show. We just need so to open the door. Oh, I you can go do that. You, you can do, walnut, do that. Go do it. I have a jog walnut. sitting right next to me, too. Come on in. It, come on in. I know you I love wanted, dogs. I love yeah, dogs. Oh, come on. Yeah. We, I, my dog's actually being really good, but many shows he was not. He's getting really <laughs> better. We've trained him be, to be good. Well, I um, shouldn't have closed the I didn't close it all uh, the way. I just, I yeah. didn't no, they wanted to, they wanted to come in with enough you. Enough ajar for her to get through. But anyway, she's happy now. Yeah. You, I wanted to mention too, we yeah. haven't done a live show since Roe versus Wade oh. uh, got overturned. So, you know, I'm glad that you're bringing that up tonight because. Yeah. There's been so much that has been happening. It's like we don't do a show for a couple of weeks now. It's uh, it. I mean, we did do a podcast about Roe versus Wade because it was so important. But you know, live shows sometimes I 
planned planned a little more ahead of time and, yeah. and just things have been changing so quickly and I mean, just looking at what what happened yesterday on the fourth of July for crying out loud, it's uh, this country is just crazy. Do you want to have any uh, general comments on whether it's Roe versus Wade or you know some of the federal things that are going on, or even the gun control with the shootings or any of that, Mara? Because th that's on our listeners' minds today. Well, I know. the idea that weapons of war should be readily accessible because of the Second Amendment is ludicrous and dangerous and needs to go. I think the Supreme Court is badly in need of reform. And I know that some folks are saying that we shouldn't use the term expand the court because that's alienating some folks and we should talk about reforming the court. And I'm fine with that. Whatever it takes, we clearly need superior court reform. And I want you to know the day that Roe versus Wade was decided, I was on duty in Worcester Superior Court and, you know, we knew it was going to come. We knew they were going to overturn Roe versus Wade. But when it happened, it still hit us all very hard. And I remember seeing young women in court and realizing how much more vulnerable they were than they'd been when they walked into court that morning. It was absolutely devastating. And I also want you to know that pretty much every attorney I have ever worked with was a better lawyer than some of the justice on the justices sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States. They are a disgrace to the profession of law. This is an honorable profession, and we are trained to uphold the Constitution, to understand what it means to uphold people's rights, and to see so many attorneys who, for example, worked with the former president uh, on his terrible lawsuits and attempts to overturn the election is just sickening. The law is, is, is meant to be an honorable profession, and most of us are honorable, but it is, it is very distressing to see the number of attorneys, lawyers, who don't take their responsibility seriously. Now, um, very well said, very well said, especially uh, you know, the Giuliani's of the world and the uh, Eastman's and the Mara Dolan is running for governor's council in Massachusetts. Uh, what, yep. what district is it? District four? Is district it? three. Three. I'm district sorry. Three. District I'm three. running. I'm running against a long-term incumbent. Her name is Marilyn Petito Devaney. She's been in for 23 years. And I got to tell you, you know, I don't have a problem with someone being in for 23 years. What I do have a problem with is the fact that she has never done in those 23 years what I have done thousands of times which is stand next to a defendant in a court of law as they face a judge. I am in our court system every day and I see the issues that we're facing there. For example, Mike, the opiate crisis is playing out in our court system every day and no one is talking about it, to my knowledge, except me. When people talk about the opiate crisis, they talk about treatments. Do we have beds available? Are there medications that are gonna help? How many people who suffer from a substance use disorder wind up in court? in front of a judge. We have got to have judges who respect the science of addiction and know how to support recovery. I've seen people taken into custody many, many times for relapsing. It's wrong, it's expensive, it doesn't work, and it makes recovery harder. And why is that happening? Because judges who don't understand how to make it better, how to support recovery, are taking people into custody. It's wrong, it's gotta stop. Important stuff. Yep, yep. 
Now you're you're talking to people on the campaign trail about the governor's council, what it is, mm-hmm. what, what's kind of their response, number one. And what are like, besides, uh, you know, having some say over the judges that are appointed, yeah. what are some of the other things that the governor's council does? Well, they determine who serves on our parole board. And that's incredibly important because right now we have a backlog. We've got folks who have been approved for parole but they don't have a home plan, so they can't be released. So it makes it look as if we've approved more people are out on parole or going to, about to be released than are, which is a real problem. We have an issue on the parole board with folks who are not necessarily don't necessarily have the qualifications that we need. I mean, someone can be well-intentioned and hardworking and a good person, but it, they don't have the expertise that we need. Uh, and right now, that is a real issue on the parole board. Then the folks that we've got there are not doing everything that we need the parole board to do. The other issue with the parole board is that they are the ones who recommend folks for pardons and commutations. And I can tell you that in the last eight years, out of hundreds of applications, you know how many have been approved? No. Two. Oh, wow. Two. Two. Yeah. So I haven't seen the hundreds of applications. I'm not in a position to tell you how many people should have gotten commutation or a pardon. I bet it's more. There's no way it was only two. No yeah. way. So we've got to make sure that we have parole board members who are ready, willing, and able to move those petitions along and make sure that people who deserve a commutation or a pardon can get one. Excellent. I, I 100% on that one. Yeah. yeah. And and I'll note that there are innocent people who get convicted of crimes. There's no doubt yes. about it. And there's evidence that comes out later that definitely exonerates yes. them. So I think there definitely has to be more than two just looking at the recent headlines, uh, yes. Facebook user writes, the governor's council has one power that isn't talked about. It's true. It's to approve the governor's office spending. Yes, yes. They approve warrants for the general treasury. So in theory, if the governor's council wants to, they can stop the government from, from spending. So I don't know when the last time they actually did that was. I don't, I don't think that's uh, something that necessarily happens very often, if at all. But it, they do, in fact, have that power. But I did I did want to bring up also you raise a very important issue of wrongful convictions. And I'm starting a series that I'm calling Lunchtime Conversations. I'm bringing people on just the way you do, Mike. I'm bringing people on a Zoom who will talk about all of the issues that come before the governor's council. And my first guest is Daniel Medved, who is the founding member of the Innocence Network, which is which connects innocence projects around the world. And he's going to come on to talk about wrongful convictions. He's got a book coming out about how difficult it is to get out if you've been wrongfully convicted. It happens all the time. Yep, and that's coming up. If you go to my website, maradolan.com, I think the information is about to be posted. It might not be up yet, but go to maradolan.com. We're posting all the events, and you'll be able to find it. I'd love to have folks in on that conversation. We had a follow-up comment from the uh, same Facebook user. It said, this was important when the lieutenant governor, Tim Murray, was in his accident, and the governor's office refused to release his phone records to see if he was texting at the time. I don't believe that that would come under the governor's counsel. Um, but, but I do, I do recall when that happened. I do too. Yep. Yeah. We still don't really know what happened. He was going, he said he was going to get a Boston globe or something at something like, like 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It yeah. sounded fishy. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Oh, you know, it's funny. Cause you know, on our, on our stream yard, 
people post our comments and sometimes we see their names if they if they give StreamYard the permission to post their name ahead of time mm-hmm. uh sometimes we don't know so sometimes we guess who they are when it says yep. just facebook user but yep. this person just let us know hey mike it's me, dan fishman posted hey, about don. that thank you, you know for that dan, comment right do you know dan fishman i don't know i thought no. it said don dan. no it's dan it's dan, dan i'm sorry He's a big time libertarian. He ran for office several times. He's actually a good guy. He's a libertarian. That's not like, he's probably the most sane libertarian I've ever met in my life. Like, honestly, like I like, I still get fights with him. I still get maybe a genuine libertarian. Yeah, he is. Folks who say that they're libertarian, but they're not really, they just like the laws that they like. And he was working with like, they don't like. Yeah. And he was at one point he was working with like governor Gary Johnson from New Mexico. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think he might actually him and his crew got pushed out of the Libertarian Party. I think the Trumpers took over, like, you know, the extreme right even took over that. I'm not sure. You Maybe know, the have... extreme right is is I mean, to have white supremacists marching in Boston was uh, profoundly disturbing. Profoundly disturbing. We are go. living in we are yeah. living in. Thanks, Dan. Dan wrote he's the he was the executive director of the Libertarian Party in Washington. Well, I'm a Democrat. I've been a Democrat all my life. I'm a member of the Massachusetts Democratic State Committee Woman State Committee. I'm the Democratic State Committee woman for the third Middlesex district. Um, and so I'm a Democrat and not a libertarian. And I really believe in the importance of electing Democrats up and down the ballot. And the governor's council is technically a down ballot race, but it is a constitutional office. And Deciding who our judges are going to be has never been more important. And I say that the governor's council is the most consequential, least known elected body in Massachusetts. And it's true. So thank you, Mike. For bringing I'm going to frame, I'm going to frame this too another way too. Um, yeah. We we've been showing a lot of labor issues specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and not just labor, but also, um, well, actually, like wage theft, that's part of labor, too. But like things in the cannabis industry, too, is like yep. a, a lot going on. Right. Uh, and a lot of this stuff ends up as lawsuits. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, you know, there, there's different places it could go, different venues. Sometimes it's the the, the mass labor board. Sometimes it's the, the local civil criminal right. or civil, civil uh, district court or whatever they call them. But right. there's there's a lot of lawsuits happening. And one of the most important things for people who are employees who are trying to fight a bad employer is getting a fair judge. You got it. And that's one of the reasons I have labor union endorsements, because they know that I will always stand strong for labor. I grew up in a union household. And of course, I I represent folks who don't have, you know, resources that resources that some other folks have. They have their labor. That's what they've got. And we've got to make sure we have judges who understand that, understand that perspective and stand up for working families and, and labor unions.